Welcome to New Plymouth, Land of Fire and Ice. My name is Black Robe and I'll be your host for this evening. Nothing makes the government grow like a crisis. People get scared. Politicians respond to that fear with promises that the state will step in and make everything better. Government ends up larger and more powerful and the pandemic of the COVID-19 coronavirus threatens the worldwide wave of sickness but it is the healthiest thing to happen to government power in a very, very long time. It leaves the government with a rosy glow. However, our freedom will end up more haggard than ever. You can look at it as socialized medicine, Representative Ted Yoho, uh, Re Republican Florida, said on Tuesday about the White House proposals that have the federal government foot the bill for the uninsured COVID-19 patients. But the, in the face of an outbreak, a pandemic, what's your options? Yoho was, wasn't and isn't the only Republican to have found a new place in the heart of government control for health care. Obviously, the Trump administration is on board too. Uh, during the recent Senate testimony in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Robert K. Dilek, who coordinates the department's COVID-19 efforts, floated the idea of treating the virus patients as disaster victims eligible for federal funds. What else can you do in the face of an outbreak, a pandemic? that has so far resulted in an estimated 94,000 cases and 300 or excuse me 3,200 deaths worldwide though the numbers continue to grow could you could i suppose rely upon the same not yet entirely government dominated healthcare system that deals with influenza outbreaks every year in the 2019 2020 flu season according to the CDC our long time viral enemy has so far infected 32 million Americans and sent 310,000 to the hospital and killed 1800 that is not to say that COVID-19 isn't serious or that people are suffering from its effects but we forget about our annual wrestling match with the deadly disease the flu while freaking out about an emergence of a virus, which is frightening, mostly because of its novelty, despite the evidence that we are inadequate to the challenge. Fear is like is the key here to Yoho's sudden love for socialized medicine, as well as other panic proposals from the government to somehow save us from this pandemic. Fear is a survival characteristic, but it also makes us vulnerable to the to impulse or demand that we surrender our control to somebody else. All animals experience fear, human beings perhaps most of all. Any animal incapable of fear would have been hard pressed to survive in our world, wrote economic historian Robert Higgs, the author of Crisis and Leviathan, 1987, a book length examination of how bad times drive government to grow in power and scope. The people who have the effrontery to rule us, who call themselves our government, understand the basic fact of human nature. They exploit it and they cultivate it, whether they 
compose a welfare state or a warfare state. They depend on it to secure popular submission and compliance with official dictates and on some occasions affirmative cooperation with the state's enterprises and adventures. Politicians are human beings too, allegedly so anyways, <laughs> and subject to fear, including the fear of being voted out of office by panic-stricken constituents looking for officials to do something, so their instinct is to exploit a crisis, um, complements their indication to soothe the fearful by making efforts, even if they are counterproductive ones, to assure the public that everything will just be fine. That combination of calculation of fright gave us not only a proposal to sick taxpayers with the medical bills of the uninsured, but also seemingly pointless cut in federal funds rate by the Federal Reserve and proposals for massive federal spending to offset economic disruptions by the spread of COVID-19. So you might want to ask, why are you reading this to me? I'm going to um, utilize this as the startup to um, a bunch of thoughts that I've been having lately. Um, and at the end, we'll draw it all together, but it is, you know, fairly scattered in several places. So just <laughs> heads up and a warning. The Tower of Babel, or the Tower of Confusion, has several different accounts. And we can find one of those accounts in Genesis 11, 1 through 9. It is said by non-believers that it is an origin myth meant to explain the world's different languages. However, it was the fear of a recurrence of the flood, which had just happened, that caused the tower to come about. The population which grew from that one uh, family group grew to such a, such a size that they felt that if they built a tower high enough, they could escape a new flood and they could also stick their thumb in God's eye by stating, look at what we've built and the power that our, of our hand rivals your will. The reason the flood was done in the first place was to get rid of the immense wickedness of the earth. It was too bad that God repented, or it was so bad that God repented of making man, but was convinced to take one family group and start over. And once again, immense wickedness grew as the population grew after the flood. It had infected society. All mankind had stayed and built upon this tower, this monument of pride and fear. And apparently, God did not like this. He felt it was arrogance and pride and the devil's playground fear. God decided to repeat what he did with the flood, but in multiples of groups and through a different method. So when he started breaking people up, he broke up some families, friends, um, associations into different speech groups and then united these speech groups 
and they went to find a place to build and live. The Jews have something interesting um, on, and some interesting insights on this story. They recount that a prior to the flood, it was um, a society where the strongest survive. It was called Tautism, spelled T-A-U-T-I-Z-M, or Tautology, and essentially it was Darwinism. Um, each man lived for himself and utilized violence and force against weaker neighbors, praying or paying no attention to laws or rules. Babel was a gate, or Babel was called the gate of God in Hebrew. And their goal was to build their own temple, which reached all the way to heaven. And they did it without God's help, or uh, air quotes, godless society. The new generation of man was different than the Tautists. They were essentially, I guess the modern equivalent would be international socialists. All mankind was subservient to the community. The individual did not count for himself. Man was only important as part of the whole community. He had to subjugate his own will and interest to the so and social life to the group. They might have done okay, this, this group that built the tower. They might have been okay if that's where they stopped. But they overdid it as humans often do. Tremendous strength drew out of their organization, their production, and from their personal sacrifice. This made them proud, and their pride turned them contrary to the will of God. So when God was thwarted in his commands to them to multiply and populate the earth, they they uh, suffered the consequences and he did it by confusing their language. Another religion, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has, uh, formerly known as the Mormons, has an additional story recorded from metal plates and uh, from other uh, interpretations of the Bible, um, and there can be gleaned some important viewpoints from them as well. At the time of Abraham, in the general time of the tower, a man called Melchizedek, who was a leader at the time, created a society corresponding a corresponding free society which generated a Zion-type people who joined a city called Enoch. And you can see where I'm going here. <laughs> and their whole entire idea of joining the city of Enoch was to obtain heaven. Now, they didn't build a tower. They um, built each other, and uh, they held their things in common, a lot like the uh, international communists say they do. However, they were truly in common, and there were no poor among them. And they took care of their people. They, they became more like... Uh, 
more, more and more like a godly people, and eventually um, some good things happen to them. And for this, you can see the JS translation, Genesis 14, 33 through 34. Um, right after the confusion in languages, God intervened by establishing his covenant with Abraham, taking him to the promised land. So that was the general happening that we're, we're talking about here, right before Abraham was taken to his promised land. Um, the Latter-day Saints have a book where the there was a people called the people of Jared, a group of people who found out that God was about to confuse the languages and to separate the peoples of the earth and to break up this godless international communism-like community. Jared went to his brother. Um, Jared was the leader, and he went to his brother, who was a holy man, and asked him to pray to God and ask God to leave their family, um, or to leave their family speaking the same language. The brother of Jared was instructed to gather his people together by God and collect needed supplies, seeds, animals, and go away from the town. In, and that can be found in their book, Ether 1. 40, 41. But they must listen to God's voice through his prophets and though and through personal inspiration. And if they strayed, they would be destroyed. There's another source that we're going to look at, and this was found by Josephus, and he was an ancient Jewish historian, which is extra biblical. Um, he was one of the people who helped um, because he was not considered canon, he was outside of the Bible, he was able to start verifying some of the things that came from the Bible. But he has an additional insight that was important. <clears throat> Excuse me. He noted that Nimrod had tried to gain power over the people as a dictator. Nimrod, who was uh, king during this time, probably felt this tower was um, a counterfeit temple that would give people something to focus on and add to his control. And we find this in Antiquities of the Jews, Book 1, Chapter 4, Paragraph 2. They had utilized a new technology of fire-treated kiln-fired bricks. Um, this technology was revolutionary and inspired many as they did not crumble under pressure like the sun-warmed brick that they usually utilized. This technology was marveled at by many generations in the future as they referred to the towers which made up the gates of the city as being strong and taller than any that would be supported under its weight of normal bricks. So I have to ask you, are you asleep yet? Why would we go over this story and side stories? Why would we talk about the current day events that we're suffering now? Um, this is not a second, a 30 second bit that you can utilize thought shortcuts and uh, essentially act as though this was a meme.
I'm asking you for some critical thinking. And if you were to take this as an allegory or an origin myth, air quotes, <laughs> um, you could pull certain kernels of truth out. However, I don't believe that way. Um, I believe that the Bible happens to be the greatest book ever written, and it is used as an allegory. If it is used as an allegory or origin myth, um, you're not giving it the just deserves that it that it needs. But if you were to learn from it, we learn um, several things about the story of the Tower of Babel. And uh, so let, let's jump into them. God will not tolerate Tautism or international communism. When that happened with the Tower of Babel, and they went too far, took it too far, God destroyed it. And he destroyed it in a, in a really interesting way, by separating the people. If there are good people amongst a wicked society... They are not left in place to live while the wicked are destroyed around them. Okay, so this is a pattern that we see quite often throughout the Bible and quite often throughout some of the supporting literature um, with Josephus and with uh, um, the uh, LDS scriptures that they use and with the Jewish scriptures that they use. We find that this pattern is something that is copied over and over again. The pattern is they leave the wickedness behind and they are led to a crappy place that nobody wants. <laughs> they usually a harsh, unlivable place and because nobody wants it, they're able to go to it and settle it and claim it as theirs and they tame it and make a heaven on earth there. Um, one just has to look at the uh, the uh, LDS people who were driven from place to place and eventually settled in the Salt Lake Valley, which was a freaking desert apparently, and they made it into a pretty nice place now. Um, but the point was mostly uh, most important for today um, in that is that more than likely, uh, a righteous people, so that's you, me, people who believe in the Bible, people who live the Bible, people who um, don't agree with what's happening here and want to be able to leave this wickedness behind. What I wanted to focus on most today is what happened when all the towers started speaking a different language. So what happened? They coalesced into groups and then they moved off together in their own area and then, you know, wars eventually started to happen. Um, so why did they why did they get together? Why didn't people just start learning everybody's language and then, you know, eventually decide on one language and go back to that particular language? Well, partially because it's not that freaking easy.
And I think also because of mankind's uh, general need to be around those people who speak their language, who best represent them. I do believe that one of our human natures is such that we want to be tribal in nature. We want to be around a group of people, not too big of a group, but a group of people who share our same uh, belief systems or same morals. Um, usually that helps us from avoiding so many of the uh, fights and wars that happen. And we want to be surrounded by people who speak the same language, figuratively and um, metaphorically as well. So today there are several languages which are appearing. And I, I use languages as um, both metaphorically, mostly metaphorically, but also physically as well. Um, we're getting interesting variations on language um, due to the uh, government's repression of language. We're getting things called memes. And what they are is they are pictures that require you to look at them and utilize cultural biases and societal norms to interpret them. And it's not something that a computer can do and therefore not something that can be easily um, stopped and monitored. We have short speak or code speak. Whenever I want to talk about um, certain things that go bang, I always refer to them as sticks. And I say, I'm going to take my stick down and collect a deer for a freezer nap. <laughs> it's just a simple way of saying I'm taking my rifle down and I'm going to get a deer. But we speak in these um, references that reference other times and shared experiences and they are difficult to monitor and they are difficult to uh, stop as well. <clears throat> we have seen these literal language changes. We have seen emojis which are essentially circles with smiley faces or frowns or, or something happening or um, emoji uh, hand signs and you can throw a character set of 126 emojis you can pretty well speak and say anything you need to say in emoji and that's difficult for them to monitor and cancel as well so we are seeing these languages starting to come out. Um, however, uh, figuratively, we also have languages coming out. Um, we have uh, languages which um, focus on ideas 
which have their own lies that they they tout as truths which have their own belief systems and even their own gods let's talk about a certain gaia religion that has its own sacraments its own sacrifices it's things that it it demands of its uh, believers and uh, the uh, the propaganda that comes with it the lies that it tells the um, people that it scorns and uh, pushes away the people that it tries to convert you know which Gaia religion I'm talking about the green religion the climate change religion they have their own sacraments you know um, they want you to fill up your tires with more air they want you not to pollute they want you to pay carbon credit credit offsets they want you to um, um, give to Greta Thunberg <laughs> um, and and they want you to believe what this little 17 year old is saying they have their their suspension of reality that they have um, they they talk about a hockey stick graph that supposedly shows that we're all going to be underwater and that we should have been underwater since I don't know the 1990s however it's never happened and they always put their projections so far into the future that literally it will be a generation before we find out whether or not what they're saying is true however we've lasted that long with these people and and we have found that what they're talking about is totally untrue i mean you look back in the 70s and it was acid rain and then it was um, we were going to have a mini ice age and we better seed the atmosphere with uh, uh, reflective particles so that the light can get through but can't leave so we'll have a warmer area and then it changed from that to global warming and then you know we were supposed to just have faith in this that it was going to happen and we needed to do certain sacraments so that we could avoid the wrath of Gaia and we Christians used to think that you know if we had something bad happen to us well maybe it was a test or maybe it was um, God calling us to repentance so we'd better repent for the things that we've done and you know that's been that's been the norm for millennia thousands of years however <laughs> these um, Gaia worshipers have so much hold on society that even the Pope this last year came out and said that we are receiving uh, COVID issues due to um, our negligence of the earth and earth was coming out to to punish us <clears throat> in centuries past that would have been God is coming out to punish us um, you know the the reason why the black plague happened was because they were wicked in the cities and they they needed to come to repentance 
and the the preachers were preaching that but nowadays we have the leader of the catholic church who is saying that the earth is punishing us and giving us illnesses so that we will treat the earth better is that christianity i don't know i mean you have to answer that you as a christian you have to answer that but for me that doesn't sound like christianity i know that kind of breaks the first commandment <laughs> so having any other god before our god breaks the first commandment <clears throat> so there are there have been groups which have seen the language change and have started to do the jared things they have started to gather together uh, down in the states they have a project um, which is i think they call it the free state project and it, it says freedom in our lifetime and essentially they're inviting everybody who speaks the same language to come to that state and to populate that state so that they could have their own little tribe and be able to control what happens to themselves in that tribe and they're not trying to change the the um, tribal boundaries they're not trying to change anything except just where they intend on living and who they associate with and the decisions that they make amongst each other and these languages are trying to coalesce people so you ask are there a multitude of languages what are you talking about like like you you talked about the green movements and you talked about um, the liberty movement but are there any sort of um, peoples that speak the same language that I'm specifically talking about well we've got the independence and freedom movement we've got 9-11 truthers anti-globalists on the other side, we have socialist movements. We have vegans and vegetarians, uh, first world to third world people. Um, we have get rid of the population because there's too many people. Um, I like to call those the eugenics. Uh, revolutionary movements. So all sorts of revolutionary movements. We've got the um, Black Panthers, the Black Lives Matter, the Red Lives Matter. <laughs> We've got all sorts of, of revolutionary movements. Uh, spiritual movements. We have quite a few spiritual movements too. Um, there was a very big movement with the Dalai Lama years back. There was a very big spiritual movement um, called the Third Awakening. Or is it the Fourth Awakening? I can't remember. <laughs> Anyways, um, the Great Awakening. And um, they're essentially a Christian movement that asks everybody to take a look at where they are and to wake up to what we believe as Christians. We have the anti-civil rights movement. We have uh, 
people like uh, feminism. We have uh, the alphabet movement. We have the abortion movement, anti-abortion movement. No, we have the abortion movement. That would be anti-civil rights. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of people that, that are, are speaking a different language. And, and they're all groups. They're all, they've all gathered together. They all speak the same language. They all have their own sacraments. They all have their own things that they, they sacrifice. They have their own um, way of excluding those who don't speak the same language they do. These languages are trying to coalesce people, find people, to understand their language and beliefs. And these people will separate families. I've seen the Green Movement separate many families. They will put neighbor against neighbor, husband against wife. And why do they do it? They want to grow stronger. They want to take over the area that they're in. They want to have control over the materials and the people and push out others who do not believe in the same things they do. <clears throat> we have our own Nimrods who have designated several different towers and have exhibited several great life-changing technologies which following generations will marvel at. But will focus the international community to stay and be required to work on the greatest project ever. So, I don't believe that these people will remain as their own smaller groups. I think um, eventually we will coalesce into a good and evil. You know, we will coalesce into um, uh, choosing life or not choosing life. We will coalesce into uh, freedom and independence and socialism and uh, um, <laughs> walled off area where they can oppress their own people. We will also see wars between these people, whether it's a cold civil war that we have now or a smoldering real civil war or an out-and-outright tanks and soldiers and airplanes and bombs type of civil war. I honestly don't have any clairvoyance on that matter, but um, it's scary. It's something that, that we are facing because we have coalesced into, um, more coalesced into two different tribes. So... We will be covering some of the languages from these two different tribes uh, a little bit later, but I just wanted to conclude with this thought. Now, as we're facing the um, evil of this COVID-19 farce, we are realizing that amongst us, amongst the people that we have elected as our leaders, we are finding that we have socialists among us. We have people 
in our families who are enjoying taking from the rich and we are seeing people who are enjoying oppressing their neighbors we're seeing a very huge uptick on tattletale people um, people who hate other people so much that they wish that they'll get this COVID illness and die that's what they're saying I, I mean my my beautiful mother who I love so much found out that somebody on Trump's team and we're Canadians we have nothing to do with the United States uh, political system but of course she has her tribe and her tribe is the CNN tribe and she was laughing to um, a member of my family she was laughing and saying I wish that person would get COVID one nine and die and and this is a good Christian woman it is it just totally doesn't make sense to me but we are we are in a struggle for freedom we are in a struggle for life um, we have to we have to decide whether or not we are going to um, close up in our in our little houses and collect the government check and eventually have the government come and confiscate certain things from us uh, have the government decide which ones of us gets the uh, um, figurative yellow star which ones of us get pulled apart and sent to a walled community where for our safety that's where we'll go <laughs> you know um, that's where we are and it's unfortunate that our languages have changed it's unfortunate that these things have happened um, and I don't mean to be judgmental with this um, I I really want to love everyone as God has told us to uh, however uh, we've also been told that we need to make judgments to um, protect ourselves so that we are in the right group of people we are doing the right things and and if you have a question about what the right things and the right people are please refer to the Bible <laughs> Go, go and search the Bible. Um, <clears throat> so we are, we are in a struggle, and it is an epic struggle. And so I would like you to, as a, as a challenge, you know, because you don't, you don't leave your speech without challenging your listeners, but as a challenge, I would challenge you guys to go out and start with new eyes, start looking at the different groups that have formed. Start looking at the, the language that they use. Start looking for the different uh, sacrifices that they're requiring. And maybe think about what you're willing to give up. 
what you're willing to sacrifice, what you're willing to give as sacraments, if you're willing to be a Christian. Because coming up here pretty quick, even now, it's not popular to be Christian. They did not declare Christian uh, um, Christian religion as a important thing in society. We are non-necessary people. We had a wonderful minister up here in Canada decide that the government wasn't going to tell him to close down his church, that we needed God during times of problems more especially more during these times of problems than we did before or after this has happened. So he refused to close his church. He had his parishioners come in their cars, not get out of their cars. Their cars were four to six feet apart. They're, they stayed in their cars, windows rolled up, they listened to their radio, they turned on their ignition and they left. There was no sacraments. There was no donation plates handed around. There was no <clears throat> altar calls. There was nothing like that. But what there was, was a pastor up there um, bringing his uh, thoughts and sharing in prayer with the people around him and teaching them about God and, and about how we can best help each other as Christians. And my gosh, how powerful that was. How powerful, how that man is a man of God. He fought for his parishioners. The state came down hard on him, told him that they would put him in jail, that they would um, fine him, that they would do all these things. But he stood against them. And after six Sundays, the police finally decided that they were no longer going to be recording and building cases against these Christians. No longer was the Crown Prosecutor, which is the state attorney, no longer would the Crown Prosecutor be seeking um, fines and, and jail time and that kind of stuff against the, the Christians that attended. Uh, and the law seems to be like it might have an inclusion in there as far as um, religion being one of the protected things even during a crisis. I don't know if it's going to actually come through and I don't know what it'll look like and if it'll be watered down or what, but here's the, here's the big thing. Did you stand up for your religious rights during this time of COV ID 1-9? Did you? Have you made a podcast explaining to the government why this is wrong, why religious freedom is so important. <clears throat> I really hope that you go around and you take a look at it and do a little bit of a self-assessment. I hope that what you find is that you are, um, in your own way, following our Lord and Savior, and and I look upon you as my brothers and sisters, so I want to say brothers and sisters, I feel for you as you are going through these hard times. I want you to know that 
I speak your language, I hear you, and um, I really want to be able to communicate with you and commune with you. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. And uh, I think we'll be talking a little bit about those two groups of people, the, the freedom group and the socialist group, the, the God group and the godless group um, on a different podcast. But until then, God bless.